Welcome to the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at vkcwest.com. We are in a series, an Advent series called Surprising Joy. And so um, uh, that's how it is. Uh, you know, with Jesus, like we talked about, it's like, it's not that everything's together, but it's even in the midst of things not being right, we have joy. And so um, that's what we're looking at today. But today, what we're looking at is we're looking at different uh, characters that are around the, the, the birth of Jesus. Uh, because there was real people like you and I, there was animals, like last week, we talked about a donkey, a donkey and Anna. And what was the donkey going through carrying burdens and, and, Anna was somebody that uh, she had great tragedy in her life. And yet in the midst of that, she decided to seek after God all the more. And she was able to see Jesus when he came, even in the midst of the hurt and the things going on. And so today what we're going to do is uh, we're going to look at uh, the Magi or the, the wise men, maybe you know it as, and a camel that, that, that followed along with them or, or carried them. Uh, and, and it's fitting, right? Did you hear there's a camel over in Bonner Springs over here? You guys hear about that? So I, 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 yeah, I have a, I have a fireman neighbor and, and all of a sudden I, I pull up and, and all of a sudden he's in his truck heading out hot. I'm like, what's wrong? What's going on? He goes, there's a camel. I'm like, are you on? He goes, no, I just want to see it. I just, you know, so he just heads out and, and, you know, it, it, it was just so fun. So, um, as we look at the Magi and Camel, we see that these characters are um, a part of the birth of Christ um, because they stepped out in faith. Uh, and so faith will be our topic today, and specifically uh, giving a gift of faith, giving a gift of faith. And so, uh, you know, the New Testament speaks to us about God being a giving God. Uh, we see God uh, give his son. And we see then the son give his life, death, and resurrection so that we would have new life. And then you see the gift of the father, which is the Holy Spirit, sent by the son to people. And so, uh, and then even our very salvation is a gift from God. And so this language throughout the New Testament frames our understanding of God being a giving God, that he's not somebody far off, just, uh, you know, stingy, uh, you know, just waiting for us to perform, to do something for us. Performance is out the door. He just says, I give it to you free because I love you and because of my grace. But it's interesting, though, we can, as we follow after him and have relationship with God for, for long enough, I think we can almost sometimes put him into the category of like doing stuff for us. Like, you know, who is God? Like if we were to think about maybe the way we pray or maybe the way that we approach him or maybe the way that we talk to him, it's about like him doing stuff for us and giving to us, which is true and it's good. But at the same time, we almost kind of depersonalize him, you know, and then, and then when we don't get given to you know, where are we at? Well, hey, what's happened? Where is this thing? I'm, I'm, I'm looking for this. You know, even James, the brother of Jesus, summed it up very well. You know, he wrote, every good and perfect gift comes from God, the Father of heavenly lights. So there's supposed to be this expectation that God gives to us. But at the same time, you know, I think it's important that we, you know, like turn around and say, 
God, what do you want? What's a gift that I could give to you? What, what, what could I give to you this Christmas, Jesus? As I celebrate your birth, what is the gift that I could give to you? And so what if you and I and we this Christmas decided that we would give Jesus a gift, that we would give something to God that pleases him. And what's great is, is that you can't fail because he's very clear. You don't have to guess what he wants. He tells us what he wants and he tells us what pleases him. Uh, in, the, in the book of Hebrews, a New Testament letter, uh, the writer puts this in the first chapter there and the whole chapter is about faith. And Hebrews 11.6 says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists, and then he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So my proposal is, let's give God the gift of faith this Christmas, that we would give him more faith. Because it's clear all throughout the New Testament, Jesus, when if you see him astonished, He's actually not astonished by sin, believe it or not. You see him come across many people that are just steeped in sin and and have made a mess of their life and others' lives, and you don't see a huge reaction. He's actually, uh, he comes down harder on the religious who have a cold heart towards other people and judging other people more than he does actual sin. But where you see him astonished is when he's astonished when he sees great faith. Because great faith is just like this unmoving confidence in God, right? And so let's give him the gift of faith this Christmas. And so we're going to read Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. And we're going to read about the Magi and uh, the camels with them. So let's, let's read along Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship the king, worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this and was, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem and Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for the private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. So this isn't right near, Jesus isn't just born, it's it's probably about two years, within the first two years of the birth of Jesus, that they actually show up at this scene. That's why he's asking, when did the star first appear? Uh, Then he told him, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After the interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
When it was time to leave, they returned their own, to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. So if you've read the story, um, you know that uh, uh, Herod actually you know, uh, does a great atrocity, and, and he found out the age of the children, and he, um, you know, he uh, actually killed all the children under that age that were born, all the males that were born at that time. And so you know, the, that's why God warned these, these wise men. Uh, because, you know, Herod says, I want to worship him too. But no, he was threatened. He was threatened by, uh, by this king that was to come. And so uh, with the Magi, uh, we see the gift of faith through worship, that I can give a gift of faith to Jesus through worship. Uh, verse two, we see that uh, they were worshipers. Uh, it says, uh, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. And then in verse 11, it says that when they found him, what did they do? They worshiped him. And so these are um, grown men, and they come to this place. I mean, it, it kind of strikes you odd, doesn't it? I mean, imagine, uh, you know, some people come, friends from far away, and uh, they come to your home, and you've got your toddler, and, and they come, and they bow down and worship your toddler. And you're like, please don't do that, you know? <laughs> please don't do that. We're just trying to get a hold of them, you know? But they, they bow down and worship this child, Jesus. Now, it says that they were from the East, so... Uh, the wise men from Eastern land. So this is a term that's used in Jerusalem to this day that uh, anything to the East, if you make that statement, is, is anything past the Jordan River. And so uh, these men would have been from uh, the, the deserts on the far side of the Jordanian area and then also into the, the, um, the desert of Arabia. And so uh, even the gifts that they bring uh, were primarily found in abundance in the area that they uh, were to come from. And so um, they were unlikely subjects or suspects. In other words, if you were to say, who would be there to worship uh, the Messiah when he was born, uh, you wouldn't choose them. Uh, because did you notice that uh, you have Herod the king and he says, where's the Messiah to be born? And all the wise men say, right here in Bethlehem. When they know the scripture, the verse, the address, and there it's going to be right here. But they're, they're not doing it. Like they talk about it. They, uh, they tell people about it. They, they have their great knowledge. When the king asks, they know about it, but they're not doing it. Probably the weirdest thing for the Magi was after this journey is that they got to Jerusalem and they found the king, they found the one to be worshiped and they got there and no one was worshiping him. He was just hanging out like anybody else and everybody else was just going about their business like nothing had happened. But they said, we're gonna worship this one. And you know they brought gifts, they, gold and frankincense and myrrh and, and these would have been ex. Uh, exports for their country and imports into the Jerusalem area. And so something of great value they brought to Jesus. But, you know, these worshipers, um, where they bowed down and worshiped him, 
They start the star and we've come to worship him, they say. And that's just what they're all about. Like that's their whole mission. They're like, hey, we're going to set out. We're going to go on this journey. And, and it's all this whole process about a month's journey so that we can go worship this one. It wasn't good enough that they would be far off. They had to see him. They had to see the one that had come. And uh, to worship ultimately means to give your, your attention to something and to de- declare the worth of something. Uh, like even our, our English word worship comes from uh, the root worth-ship. It's to declare the worth of something or someone. And so, you know, we ultimately worship that which we give our attention to. Uh, we ultimately worship that which um, we give ourselves to. And um, the Magi decided that it was worth bringing all of themselves to him as an offering. And so in this Christmas time, we have to ask ourselves, you know, what are we worshiping? You know, like, wh- like what has my attention? Because as I give more and more attention to something, that's what I begin to worship. And um, I... I've been described as, as like a pit bull on a pork chop about, about some things. Um, and the thing is, like, that's part of how God made me is that um, when there's great challenges or things that, like, need to be done and take care of, it's like, I'm all on it. Like, little chance of success, you know, uh, certain death, let's go. Um, and so that's a, you know, that's a, that's a strength because you know, I'm, I'm not thrown off by hard situations because I know that God can do great things and I've seen him do it over and over again. But then it, it's also can be a weakness because if I don't have that huge thing and I'm bored, then it's like, you know, uh, you know, something breaks on the car. All right. You know, and, and so I'm, I'm going to attack this thing and own this thing and go after this thing. And, and then I forget about, you know, the most important things. And so I give all of my attention to that thing and it, and it consumes me like literally, you know, literally. I spent a lot of time this last week at the, at the DMV or do they call it DMV here? I, yeah. So, um, you know, which is, um, yeah, you know, right. And so it's just, it, it, to the, to the people that work there, it's normal because all the processes and stuff, but I had to do two different vehicle things and, and just, um, uh, I, I came out still liking myself somewhat. I think I'm, I think I, Jesus still loves me, you know, and, and, um, but it's intimidating, right? Going through that. But I put myself all in that world. And, and, um, so, you know, as far as worship and giving your attention, like, is what you're worshiping, like worthy of you? You know, some of us, we love to take wars on and fights on, like the things I'm talking about, like, you know, and, and the Lord's been working to me. It's like, you know, Cody, have less wars, you know, like have less things that the things you're fighting, except for the most important things, you know, the things that I'm involved in doing those things. And, and so we have to ask ourselves, you know, is what I'm worshiping or is what I'm giving myself to worth me? Because while Jesus has great value, we do too. And so the only thing that's really deserving is Jesus. And so the next thing we see is we see these camels. And you don't see it specifically in here, but uh, they would have traveled on camels. And so think of the camel. Uh, 
you know, his job and what he set out to was to, to carry stuff and supplies and people. And in the journey across the desert, possibly was about 500 miles or so. And uh, it probably would have taken a month. Okay. Um, and as they walked across, they had to be wondering, where are we going? What are we doing? And there was probably a lot of meandering, you know, uh, because I think they were probably, it was like a science, like there's the star, we're going to fall after the star. But then it's like, well, I can see the star in all sorts of places. I mean, over there could be it and over there could be it. And so it was, it was kind of like a, a scavenger hunt. And so even though there was this journey and they were falling after the, to this place, there was a lot of wandering. And, and I don't know about you, but um, I'm not a big fan of wandering if I don't know where I'm going. Um, you know, I remember uh, we went to a, like the state championship football game in Colorado. We had a, a friend that uh, their son was playing in that, um, in that game, Pine Creek High School out of Colorado Springs where we used to live. And, and, and uh, they won, which was great. And, uh, but we went to the game and, and it was kind of coordinating of several different carloads and families. And, and, and I just said, and I told Michelle and my wife, I just said, I'm, I'm just a follower in this, you know, I'm just going to kind of go with the flow. And, but then it was like, oh, you know, where are we going to park? And no one, we were going to try to park in the same area, but nobody planned it out. And then we got through the gates and then walked through this thing. And where are we going to go? Where are we going to sit? And it was just like, and inside I'm just like, you're just follower. Just chill out. And, you know, Michelle's looking at me and I'm just like, I'm doing good. You know, and, 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 and then, uh, you know, and then I, I did good until the last minute. And then we were right at the seats and I'm like, I'm just going here. And then, and then it just blew up, you know, cause I was trying to like, Hey, you know, we're just going to do this. And, and, but, uh, wandering when you like, when you're not in charge or in control or you don't know where you're going, it's hard. And so that's what the camels were going through. And they'd go here and go, there. it's like, where are we going? And, you know, if any of you that have taken road trips with people that are impatient or children or family members that are impatient, you know that, that question, like, when do we get there? Where do we go? And uh, what we used to do, we lived in Colorado, but our, our family is still back in uh, Southern California, and they still are. But we would drive many times for holidays and trips back. And, and so we'd, we'd plan it out perfectly in those things. And, and we, you know, and then all of a sudden, like 20 minutes in from the stop or 15, I got to go to the bathroom. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, well, I drank the thing. And it's like, that was for the whole trip. <laughs> well, I didn't know when I'd get another one. So I just drank it as fast as I could, you know? And, and so now we got to stop and, and, you know, and then you get back on, well, hey, where are we going? What are we doing? Are we almost there? Well, no, we're only in Colorado still. That's, you know, is this California? No, this is Arizona. You know, and, and so, and it's just, you know, why did we not fly? You know? But think about God. Think about God that, you know, like that's kind of how our prayers and our conversations with him are like, right? Like, when, when are we getting there? Like, when are we getting that? When, when are you going to do that? Uh, are we there yet? Is this thing? And, and the Lord loves that. He loves being with us. But I'm saying is, what if our gift to him in the journey and in the, in the wandering was that we settled into it? Like, what if we gave him the gift of journey and wandering? 
and just told him like, you know, Father, I, I just love being with you. Because that's faith though, right? When we say, are we there yet? And when's this gonna happen? And we're pestering and all those things. We're, we're not walking in faith and that's okay. He teaches us through that. But it's faith of just saying like, I don't know when it's gonna happen. I don't know when this is gonna get sorted out. But I just know, I just know that I know that my father is with me and it's good. Then I'm on a journey with him. Um, I've told you guys before about um, a fishing trip that I took with my boys. And um, this was like, they were younger and, you know, I think all elementary age and kindergarten and stuff. And, and I hadn't taken them fishing for a while. And so I decided I was going to take them fishing to the lake that I like went fishing at first when I was a kid, we were in central California planning a church. And, um, and so, uh, I told Michelle, all right, I've got the beef jerky. I've got the stuff. I mean, this is the fishing trip is perfect. This is how I did it when I was a kid. And I had the poles ready and all these things. And, and Michelle sitting back there like, Oh no. I'm like, I'm like, what? And she goes, well, your expectations are like super high of this time. I'm like, right, this is going to be glorious. Like, do you know how many fish I caught the first time I went to this lake? It was just one after another. It's going to be so good. We're going to eat fish for dinner and all these things. And, but then the Lord whispered to me, just like, hey, what's this about? Like, what's your portion in this? And I was like, wow, okay, I don't know. And it was like, are you trying to make like the best professional fishermen? And they're going to be sponsored by lure companies and things and those things. And and, it, and it's like, it's like, no. And so I, I started to ponder this. We got there and we, we found this little dock. And, and so the three boys, we set them up there with their poles. And I said, boys, I forgot something in the car. And so I'm going to go right back up there. It's just right there. Okay. Your poles, listen, it's in the water. There's bait. And, and, you know, how I showed you how to reel it. That's all you do. Besides that, don't touch it. So I walk up. I'm like, this is so amazing. They're, they're already great fishermen. I mean, this is beautiful. I turn around. I'm like 20 feet away. I'm not exaggerating, okay? All three poles are crossed and the lines are crossed and this thing. And like within just like 30 seconds. And it's a total complete mess. I spent the next hour like untying these things and these things. But in the midst of it, the Lord told me, you know, the purpose of this, like this wandering, this journey today is for like you to be with your boys. Like for them to know that you're with them. The, the success or not success, that, that doesn't matter, but it's just to be with them. And the journey for them was to know that their dad was with them. And we, we did catch a fish that day, but it was like, it was like that big, you know. <laughs> But we remember the day we were together. And so, so, you know, you have questions today. You have hard things in life. You have things going on. And, and um, my challenge to you is, is that your journey is not unlike all those that would seek after God. Um, everything changes in the Bible in Genesis chapter 12. And, it, and that's when two people decided that they would seek God by faith. Not everything would be sorted out. Success wouldn't be guaranteed, but they would just have confidence in God and what he asked them to do. And that was Abram and Sarah or Sarai. And it ended up being Abraham and Sarah. And it says of them in Hebrews chapter 11, verse eight, it says, it was by faith that Abraham and Sarah should be in there too, obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land 
that God would give him as an inheritance. But he didn't know where the land was. He didn't know where he was going. But it says he went without knowing where he was going. And so if you would follow Jesus, if you would give him a gift, realize that when you do that, you're actually hopping into the way that you do it. What we're talking about is not extra credit. What we're talking about is not something special. It's this is how you do it. You step out by faith and you have confidence in him, not confidence in what's happening, but confidence in him. And that's where you build relationship with him. Because you know that you're with him and he knows that he has your heart. And so this is really living life as Jesus did. In 1 John, it says, you know, if anyone says they believe in God or believe in Jesus, then they must walk as he did and live as he did. Well, one way that he did that is he is led by the spirit, which means that, all right, God, what are you doing? And it doesn't mean you don't move, but it means that you just, you're looking for that. God, what are you doing? Would you lead me? Would you show me the way? And so how do we make these two things a gift? They're both by faith. The first one, worship. Well, um, pray about and then give a worshipful gift to Jesus during this Advent season. You know, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says like, you know, everyone should consider or think through or be intentional about the way that they give. And so what is a gift that you would give to Jesus? Like, could it be your time? You know, it may be just with him. Like, Jesus, I, I'm going to give you more of my time. I'm going to set aside, you know, 15 minutes in the morning to just be with you. You know, uh, maybe it's that you're going to worship him uh, by uh, intentionally. And I'm talking about intentionally. So in other words, not haphazard, but just saying, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm giving it as a gift to you, Jesus. So maybe there's somebody that you know that he loves that needs help or has a burden like we talked about last week. Well, during this holiday, I'm going to go and I'm going to serve that person as a gift to Jesus. See, part of, part of the problem in life is that we set out to serve and help people and then we get frustrated when they don't recognize how amazing we are. When, it, when actually it's like, it's, it's pretty incredible when you just say, Yes, there should be thank yous. And yes, there should be recognition, those things. But you'll never get that fully from a human. But if you set out and say, I'm going to serve and love this person as a gift to Jesus, watch out. Because he's so pleased. Because you know why? Because he goes, the primary way that he answers people's prayers is through people. And so that's why it pleases him when we do that. You know, it may, it may be a financial gift. Maybe a, you hear of somebody in need or, or you, you hear of something, uh, you know, happening around you and, and you say, I'm giving this as a gift to Jesus. I, I talked to somebody a few years ago and they were just, they were like, the, the numbers that they were giving financially uh, to church and ministries and play was just astronomical. And I was just like, wow, you know, this is incredible. What are you doing? And, and, and I'm just watching the, 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 um, like the momentum of this. And they just kept giving more and more and more. I'm like, what is going on? And, and I just said, what are you doing? They said, well, I'm, I'm trying to out, I'm trying to outgive God and I'm failing miserably. Cause I'm like, how can you keep this up? And it, it was just like, they're in a different economy. They're a different thing. 
But see, the, the amount wasn't the big deal. It was that God had their heart and they were partnering with him. So some of us, you talk about time. You're like, man, I don't have any time. Well, sacrificial. You may, you may give up something else to give that to God, that time that you have. Right? So worship him. Choose a gift. And then pray for someone you know to give a worshipable gift to Jesus too. Right? Always double down. When you're doing something, God tells you to do something, pray for somebody else to hear that too. And then when it comes to the journey, pray that when you don't know what to do, you listen for the Holy Spirit's leading. Like, like Abraham and Sarah. Right? I mean, they are the prototypical people of faith. They are the ones that you call children of Abraham, the people that walk by faith. And that seems really like dramatic and like special, but you guys, they moved away like not knowing where they're going. But here's why faith is such a gift to God is that anytime that you step out by faith, you may think like, wow, I'm really changing my family. I'm really helping my family. Like we're really going for it. But faith begets faith. Activity begets activity. I remember when we moved, uh, I, I was a college pastor um, at a large church in Southern California and, and we had uh, Wyatt and then Wyatt was about a year and a half old and, and Zane was about um, just, uh, he was just born. And God started speaking to us about, you know, he had something different for us. And, and so uh, we went to Colorado and, and uh, took over a vineyard church there. And, um, and uh, when we left, uh, what I noticed was, and this is something I learned, is that um, as soon as you say yes to what you sense God's asking you to do by faith, you've already succeeded. Like in his eyes. Like the success of actually what you do in those things, that's not the important thing. Because what I saw was like the leaders of that college ministry after that time, like it, it, it spread amongst all of the different leaders that were there because then all of a sudden I saw them step up like never before. And this person became this and they walked into this. And so, because we stepped out and went into like, you know, you know, went into like, there was so much we didn't know. You know, we left a place, we had a 401k plan and it was a church of 4,000 and we went to a church of 40. And, you know, we're just sitting there like, we just didn't know all these things. And, and you know, I, we're just like, well, what are we going to do? And, but like, there was so much we didn't know, but that did something in the people around us. And so the gift of faith is just not for, for you, for Jesus, but it's also for those around you. And so, sometimes we can get pretty myopic, you know, pretty just narrow in our, in our view of what's going on in our lives. And, but, you know, maybe you don't want to do something that God's asked you to do, but, but what about what it's going to do to other people? You know, maybe it's much bigger than you ever think. And so, and you say to yourself, well, only person that could ever figure something out like that. Like if I choose this, that is God. There you go. And so what's he leading you to do? What's he calling you to do? How is he leading you? Well, Enjoy the journey. Pray for someone you know to be led by the Holy Spirit as well. So a gift for Jesus, your faith. Who would have thunk it that everything that God wants is your faith? Because if he has your faith, your confidence in him, then he has your heart. And here's the trick. 
if God doesn't have your faith, something else has it. You know, and maybe it's faith in your own ability. Maybe it's in the ability of somebody else. Maybe the person that owns your company or, or maybe it's a, a, a big, you know, customer if you own your own business, you know, and, and uh, maybe it's the economy. Maybe it's, um, you know, our government. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, where is your faith? I mean, you've got to put it somewhere. You've got to put your confidence somewhere. And God has a great track record. You can read it. You know, you can read the stories of his faithfulness to people. So what are you struggling with today? You know, you, you're probably asking God, you know, God, would you work this in my life? Would you do this in my life? I, I need you to change this in my life. Or God, can you make this thing happen quicker? And, and, and the Lord says, yeah, first invite me into it. But, but then the faith comes, okay, God's going to do it on his timeline and the way he wants to and how he will. And there's wrestling involved. I'm a great wrestler with God. That's what's amazing too, is that we trust him by faith, but then he is in the midst of it. He likes, the reason he calls us by faith, not knowing is because he wants us to co-create with him. And so when we lack or we have places where we don't understand, he allows us to co-create and do that with him. But if your faith doesn't cost you, If your faith isn't uncomfortable, if your faith isn't sacrificial, then you'll keep yourself on the peripheral of the activity of God. And it seems like that's what you should do because it feels safe. But you follow one that laid down his complete life and laid down everything. He became the lowest of lows, even though He's the highest of highs. And so there's not a different way. We would become like the one that gave everything. And in doing that, we get everything, which is him. Thanks for listening this week. If you are looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, go to vkcwest.com. 